This is a KSHSAA production. First down from the 17 is where they mark it officially. Here's Hancock breaks back at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Jane Hancock. Down to the other end, misses, shot won't go up the gun, and Eudora comes from way behind and goes crazy. Welcome back to the KSHSAA podcast. I am Jeremy Holiday. Our 21st episode since starting this uh, over a year ago. Uh, a lot has happened since we've last talked to you. Our spring championship sport events have wrapped up uh, with state basketball and state wrestling uh, and state swimming and diving. And, and we're well into the spring seasons here. And as I speak right now, we have state large group music going on. And if you've been following along on our Twitter page, you've been seeing uh, the schools have been tweeting. Uh, pictures and videos of their orchestras, bands, and, and choirs singing, uh, trying to perform for that one rating uh, from the judges on this day. And that continued April 13th and 14th. Uh, the small group competition will will take place April 23rd. And really, April is uh, the Fine Arts and Activities Month that we really highlight here in the spring with speech and drama state championships coming up April 30th. And, the, and then the festivals where all classes will head to either Kansas City Community College, uh, Kansas Westland, or Wichita East High School to compete on April 30th for speech and drama. And then, of course, you have our spring state championship events that will be right around the corner in May uh, and, you know, capped off with that uh, great state track and field championship at Wichita State that everyone looks forward to every year. Uh, Just a couple things to cover on this podcast that have taken place in the KSHS AA office recently, and that is the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee, and we'll talk with Brent Unruh in our office, who kind of leads that uh, committee from our perspective, get his input on, on the meeting that took place in April, and then also... We just had our League Commissioner's Summit, uh, the second one in, in, in three years here, to really talk to our League Commissioners about what's going on throughout the state as it becomes with officials and assigning officials and also that relationship that they have with the schools. So we talk with Scott Goodhart from the Heart of the Plains League and also Francine Martin, uh, the basketball administrator, cross country, and our, our big officials liaison with Arbiter and all that planning that she does for the sport league commissioners summit so she gives us some insight on what took place during that day and really the outcomes that we expect for that summit i loved playing high school sports i loved the competition the camaraderie the bands the crowds all the pageantry and i wanted to keep playing but i graduated no colleges called and neither did the pros so to stay close to the game i loved i decided to become a high school official you know a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Kansas did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Our Sports Medicine Advisory Committee met this April, April 4th, uh, to discuss uh, some new agenda items, some things that happened in the past, and some upcoming items. With And Brent Unruh here in our office kind of leads that direction uh, from the KSHSAA perspective. 
along with uh, many members on the committee. We, so we're going to talk with Brent here to Brent just give us a little synopsis of the meeting, a kind of a general overview of what took place. Yeah, we had the committee in back on April 4th, and we try to meet twice a year, once in the fall, once in the spring, just to review different sports medicine issues and topics that are going on. So right now we're looking at a few different things. Um, we're looking at the baseball pitch count uh, possibility of a, of a rule implementation for next year and starting to look at some of the data that's being collected there. Uh, we're also looking at some different um, potential policies that we may be looking at down the road in terms of uh, some student safety stuff related to heat, related to emergency action planning, uh, related to AED usage and that kind of stuff. I want to start with the pitch count and myself being baseball administrator, uh, for the last, I don't know, two years almost, this has been a certainly a hot topic among the high school baseball world. Um, there's a, numerous national columnists out there that have written books and articles about the problem that Tommy John surgery and just general arm care has become among baseball uh, pitchers and, and players. So one thing in Kansas with the thought of maybe a possible pitch count being rule among the NFHS is one thing we decided to do uh, along with the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee's endorsement was to track our pitch counts this year in Kansas for each high school player that pitches a competitive pitch, no matter what level, varsity, JV, C team. If they pitch a competitive pitch, we want to know how many pitches that was, how many innings over what course, how many innings, and then how many days of rest did they have before making that appearance on the mound. Uh, so, so, Brent, why, why is it important for us – to recognize this problem uh, for the future, and it's really a big education tool more than anything. Right. Um, the main thing is, is we need to look at ways to limit the volume of pitching so these kids you know, aren't overdoing things and blowing out their arms at young ages. Um, up to this point, we've always had the innings rule, but when you kind of look at that deeper, it doesn't necessarily address pitching volume a lot of times. So the national consensus, along with kind of the way we feel in our state right now, is that we need to be looking at a little more of a precise way of measuring volume, and, and the best way to do that is through specific pitch counts. So that's really kind of the direction we're looking at right now, and, and hopefully through this data collection this spring, we can get kind of an indication of what's going on across the state and then be able to start looking at maybe an implementation of a rule that will make the most sense for our schools here in Kansas. And I'm glad he brought that up. There's three states, Colorado, Vermont, and Alabama, that have fully implemented a pitch count restriction for their high school players. Um, Kansas is kind of taking a unique approach as far as we want to get some data that we can look at and bring in, we're going to bring in some baseball coaches, uh, school administrators, and sports, inf sports medicine people to talk about, okay, here are the numbers from our past baseball season about the number of pitches, average number of pitches thrown, the max number of pitches thrown, and the days of rest that come along with that, because that's what the rule will require, is days of rest after a certain number of pitches. So we want to get an accurate representation, as Brent said, of Kansas, to if the rule comes about, so it does represent Kansas, not just a, a slap-on rule for us to follow. Uh, so be paying attention for further communication from uh, the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee on their part, also um, just on the baseball rules in general, uh, part on on our website and we'll we'll make sure we keep you informed of of the data and, and and the positive things that will come from that moving on to some more things that you guys talked about was a big coaching education part part for the coaches next year 
Right. Um, as many of you know, this past year was the first year where a concussion education component was required for all coaches, for all student athletes, and also for all school administrators who are responsible for event coverage. So a lot of schools used the uh, NFHS online course for um, concussion education, which is a great course. We had our committee look at some other courses, though, too, to try to give schools more options going into this next year. And so we're going to be releasing some information here in the next, oh, over the summer, for sure, by the start of next school year, as to some other online course options that schools may want to consider if they don't want to use the NFHS course every year. Uh, we're also doing the same thing with uh, heat illness prevention education, that um, the committee's looking at some different online options and, and endorsing some different courses along those lines. So hopefully we'll have that information out to the schools this summer. So as you're putting your in-services together and things like that moving into next year, you'll, you'll have some options to use for those education components. Another thing that the, you and the committee have been putting together now, it's a, it's a tool on our website that they can find, is just a document that contains all of the rules that govern protective equipment through all our sports given by the NFHS. Uh, so a good tool for the schools to have. Yeah, it was a really good idea of our committee. They brought this to us this past fall and said, you know, if there was just a, a way we could just kind of get the information quickly as to what's allowed and what's not allowed in terms of bracing and protective padding and things like that. So we kind of put together a document that summarizes it um, just based on NFHS rules. So on our website now, if you go to the sports medicine and safety menu, you will see a link within that menu towards the uh, protective equipment guidelines. All you got to do is click on that and it'll pull up a nice, concise two-page summary of some of the different rules that apply to the different sports when it comes to protective gear. And again, you can just go to the sports medicine menu on our website and find that link with all those uh, sports governing, you know, the protective pads, helmets, what are the rules based on different uh, sports. If we look ahead at what's to come for the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee and just sports medicine in general throughout the state for high school athletics, uh, what are some uh, things on the horizon that our schools can be aware of? Well, some things the committee is really interested in looking at are some potential policies down the road as it relates to heat acclimatization, um, emergency action planning, AED access and usage, things like that. Those are some really hot-button topics right now that the committee is looking at that are really getting addressed uh, nationally right now. So what we're going to do, or what the committee has requested that we do, is we're going to actually put together a survey, an online survey, that will hopefully be going out later this spring, if not by uh, early next fall at the latest, that's just going to gather some information from the schools so we kind of get an idea um, you know, what schools are currently doing in terms of heat acclimatization, how they're scheduling their preseason practices, things like that. Also, how schools are using the emergency action planning uh, tools that we provided, such as the Anyone Can Save a Life program. Um, and also, what kind of access schools have to AEDs, which are the automatic, automa automatic external defibrillators. Um, used in a cardiac arrest, what kind of schools have access to those. Uh, that's some information the committee wants to get because it's, these are some really important components that, that in the future we hope to address in more detail. Also, something to put on the calendar is at the KSHSA Coaching School this summer, uh, Dr. Jennifer Koontz, the committee chair, is going to be giving a you know, standalone presentation on sports medicine. 
Yeah, this is something that as a, as a staff we decided was really an important thing that we wanted to do this year. Um, we've always had sports medicine sessions at coaching school, but we felt it would be important maybe to have a standalone kind of featured session that all coaches could attend and not feel like they were missing something uh, from one of the other sports. So there will be a standalone session that first afternoon of coaching school, and Dr. Kuntz has agreed to uh, present, and she'll have some great information um, regarding um, emergency preparedness, regarding being ready for um, the heat that will be coming up with, with the preseason practices and how to prepare for all that. So we're really looking forward uh, and grateful uh, for her for, for giving up time to come present that. So we're hoping we can get a really good, a really good turnout for that presentation. Okay, so a lot of covered in, the, in this uh, past meeting with the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee. We, we thank Brent for, for heading that, uh, that initiative for us and for sitting down and, and talking to us. Want to know what I like best about high school sports? I love watching my son run on the field. I love the fact that since he's been playing high school sports, he's making better decisions. And I love knowing that with the proper equipment, education, conditioning, and coaching, high school sports here in Kansas are safer than ever before. And that's something I really love. We're going to sit down here with Scott Goodhart as the League Commissioner Summit was in the KSHS AA office today. Wanted to sit down and get the takeaways from this, this summit as it was his first one. Uh, Scott is the League Commissioner of the Heart of the Plains uh, League. Scott, use your first uh, summit today. Tell us a little bit about what you took away, what was talked about, and, and maybe the, something that you learned or, or really wanted to stress today. Well, I think the biggest thing I took away from today was just interaction and meeting with other uh, commissioners throughout the state, see what they do, see what some topics are, whether it's game pay, evaluation of officials, um, you know, just overall topics in general. I think one thing that we really need to address before we get too deep is what exactly is a league commissioner? I know there's some people out there that don't even know league commissioners exist for high school athletics. You schedule all sort, three different sports there for the Heart of the Plains League. What does that entail? Um, as far as a commissioning standpoint, I'm in charge of hiring the officials for all varsity contests, volleyball, uh, football, basketball. I'm basically in charge of hiring, evaluation of officials, um, assigning officials to those dates, and just kind of working for the schools and being their contact to, to be the middleman between the school's contact and the officials. So. And one thing we talked about was league meetings, um, sitting in on league meetings or being in touch with that league. So how have you noticed that relationship grow over your first year as being the commissioner? Well, it's a lot of uh, give and take for sure. Um, you know, I hear, I give feedback on, or they give me what their expectations are, and they make that very plain and simple, and I kind of give feedback. And there's a little give and take with, you know, criticism and definitely a constructive criticism from, from both ends on what, what we're doing and what we can improve on. So it's, it's always about improving and doing what's best for the youth. And one thing that Scott does, he's still very active in officiating. He's on our officials' advisory committee. Uh, you know, one thing we talked at length today was recruiting officials or retaining officials, keeping officials in the game, and why maybe they're not uh, participating in officiating. But tell us how you got started and why you continue to officiate. Well, my first opportunity was 10 years ago, and um, the biggest thing that I can remember was going to a camp, and that's where I got was – was put in good situations to understand how to handle game-like situations and understanding, you know, where to step at, where to look at, a lot of that stuff. You know, also a lot of credit goes to my father, who was my mentor, my biggest mentor probably, and was put into good situations. But I feel like 
as uh, an official that, especially an older one now, a veteran, that we need to give back to those youth and, and serve as a mentor. We need to do a better job at that overall throughout the state. If I was a kid um, graduating high school wanting to get into officiating, what would you suggest I do? Well, the biggest thing is to contact. Uh, you can either contact Keisha, you can contact um, your league administrators to let us as league commissioners know, even talk with your coaches. I mean, they're, they're the biggest mentors in your life, but for sure talk with Kansas State High School Activities Association. If you're not sure, there's a tab for the new officials to look into, and then they reach out to us throughout the state depending on your location, and we try to put you in the best situations possible. And that was another topic that we talked at length was, you know, if I got a kid that's graduating in western Kansas from high school but going to um, KU for for college, then I need then we'll put you in touch with someone in that area uh, to get you get you games and get you started. So uh, that, that's a big piece of, of, a, of recruiting and officiating. As we look at the future and uh, the future of officiating all throughout the state and really the country, what is the main message you want to stress to someone, to officials that we need more of? Well, it's definitely a way to stay involved with the sport you love. I know that's why I got into officiating. It was a way to give back and to just do our part, you know, I mean, like to say that we're all going to go play professional or college sports or whatever, but it's just not realistic. So by doing some sort of officiating, umpiring, or whatever the sort may be, to give back to the youth and serve in another purpose and, and give back to the game that you love and enjoy. On behalf of Kansas State High School Athletics and Activities Association, this is Rachel Chalupa from Blue Valley Northwest High School asking you to be different. Becoming a leader takes time, but the first step is to differentiate yourself and stand up in courage for what you believe. Whether in the bleachers, in the classroom, on the field, or in the hallways, continue to lead with respect and courage. We just got done with Scott Goodhart, a league commissioner of the Heart of the Plains League, and I wanted to talk with Fran Martin, who kind of spearheaded the day for us at the league commissioner's summit bring her in and get her her thoughts on the day and what really the purpose was for the day so so fran we do this every two years and what's the main objective here the objective for us is to allow, provide an opportunity for our league commissioners and assigners um, to get together to visit about some of the challenges they're having either filling spots for officials or in the recruiting and the retention of officials uh, we, we did a league commissioner summit back in 2006, and then we hadn't done anything for about eight years. And as staff, we were having some concerns shared with us from officials, and league commissioners were sharing concerns. And it just seemed like it would be a good time to maybe get multiple league commissioners together. So in 2014, we did our first league commissioner summit, and it, it went very, very well. They were able to share ideas we were able to give them some information about what was going on in our office and what efforts we were doing to try to help them in finding officials and training officials. Um, and after that meeting, the, the consensus of the group was they'd really like to get together more often. So the executive board has approved us hosting the League Commissioner Summit every two years, and we do it in April. Um, there's probably no really great time, but we've had super attendance at the meeting, and Yesterday, we had representation from really all but two leagues, um, and one of those doesn't have a commissioner. Their schools get their own officials, and the other one uh, was out of state. So 
Um, it, I, it was a great, we had a great group of, of people here and, and they had the opportunity to, in a large group, talk about some of the issues that are coming before league commissioners. And then they had the opportunity in some smaller breakout groups by size and by location to talk about some specific issues for them. But I think one of the things that the league commissioners and some of the people who've been doing it for a long time um, ha are realizing now is that that role has completely changed. You know, in 20 to the past 20 years, the, you know, well, will you get me the officials and an administrator asking someone to get the officials, that role has completely changed into not only do you have to get officials, you're also helping with the, um, deciphering of situations that maybe don't go very well or a school has a complaint about an official or an official has a complaint against a school and um, you know when we first when this first started league commissioners just didn't have to do a lot of that and that role has changed a lot and I think them being able to get together and talk about hey when this happens to you what, what are what is your league doing um, and to try to buy, provide some consistency and you, it's funny to mention the nice day, the kind of the joke of the day was, at least it's nice out so you don't have to worry about cancellations because that's obviously a huge part of their job is working on the fly. And you you touched on two important things that they're, 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 they're issues that have almost evolved the role of the commissioner, and that is the recruitment and the retention of these officials. And it was certainly a big topic of the day. Yeah, everybody realizes that, you know, and we say this half-jokingly, but it's very true. Without officials, it's just recess. And the league commissioners probably understand that well, as well as anybody. And we talked a little bit during the day about the fact that with most schools now having someone who gets their officials for them, the school administrators, and, and granted, they are much busier than they used to be with the things with school improvement and and. Um, meetings that they didn't have to go, used to go to, but they used to get their own officials. Now that they don't have to get their own officials, they probably don't see the complexity of the problem of we don't have enough to cover all of those games because they don't deal with that. What they deal with is league commissioner or a signer, I need officials on this day at this time, and somehow they're just supposed to come up with them. And what league commissioners are finding is it's harder to come up with those people um, for two reasons. One, we have a very veteran group of officials that are getting to the end of their careers and they're getting out. And we are not replacing them as fast as they're leaving. Um, I think the, the mentality of officials has changed in the past 15 or 20 years. Um, they're the newer officials that come in are much less tolerant of the criticism from fans or from coaches. And frankly, if it's too much, they just say, you know what, I've got other things to do with my time. I don't need to do this. Um, you know, the, <clears throat> the volunteering or the giving back to the game, um, in theory, is a great idea. But in practicality for people, it's hard and sometimes when things get hard, it's easier to just bow out and say, I've got other things I'll do. Um, I, I love the game, but I don't want to get yelled at anymore. I don't want to, you know, have, you know, be ready to go to a game and it get rained out and then it messes up all of my plans. And so I'll choose to do other things. So uh, do we have an official shortage? Yes. Is it in all sports? Yes. 
because even the sports that we have a lot of officials, we also have a lot of games. And trying to cover those is a concern. So part of our day yesterday was spent just talking about what kind of things can the association do to help with recruitment, um, the importance of, and we really tried to stress the, you know, officials stay in it when they feel wanted, valued, and needed. And a lot of times that is having a mentor, someone who can take you under their wing. You know, when that coach yells at them, you can go to the coach and say, hey, coach, you know what, we're trying to, we're trying to coach this one up. Stay off of them a little bit. We're, we're, they're going to get better. And, um, but th- those are the kind of things that we've talked about. And, and the, the commissioners and the assigners understand that, you know, in the next few years, there, there could be a big challenge in being able to cover games. And one thing you touched on was things we're trying to do to to get more officials and also train more officials. And, and you alluded to, you know, a, a well-trained and attentive to official will most likely stay in the game. And uh, the basketball camps that you've been – or clinics, I should say, that you've been putting on the last handful of years, um, talk about what's coming up this summer. We do – you know, we have several sports that we do some camps and clinics, and all of them are geared a little bit differently. Um, in basketball, we because in basketball, frankly, it's pretty easy to do things in the summer because there are a lot of tournaments. So we we have scheduled this summer three KSHSAA official camps um, that we work with the Kansas officials uh, camps, uh, which also includes some of the the collegiate guys. Um, we have a separate camp for our high school people at the same location. They get some exposure in front of college. Uh, evaluators, but it's primarily a high school camp. Uh, we're doing one in Bel Air in uh, June, um, and then we've got another one in, at the University of Kansas the next week of June, and then on July the 23rd, we're going to do a one-day camp at Dodge City. Generally, these camps are three-day camps. Uh, the officials will come in on a Friday night. We have uh, some classroom sessions, and we have some on-court sessions. We have observers on the court with them all the time. We do video review um, with them. And and then after every game, they'll meet with the people who observe their court and talk about, here are the things we saw you you did well. Here are some things that we would suggest for improvement. But these these people that come to the camps, number one, they're paying to come to the camp. And those that pay essentially pays for the things that we provide for them, the meals and shirts and things like that. But they're going to spend three days literally volunteering their time to work games so that they can see plays and hopefully get better and get some, some good input from some of our more veteran officials. Uh, our numbers at those camps, this, is, this will be our third summer with the Kansas officials um, camps, and our numbers have increased every year. Uh, the other thing that's been a very positive about that is that the majority in fact, almost 95% of the people who came to camp last year worked postseason games if they made themselves eligible. And, you know, not because we gave them to them, but because they earned them. And they earned them because they're getting better at their trade. Um, we've got some people that will come back for the camp to the camp for their third or fourth year this year. And um, why do they come back? Because I think that every time they come back, they pick up a little bit something different that they'll get better at. So... And those lists of those uh, 
clinics are online and we'll make sure we push them out via social media and all of the registration materials. And same goes with volleyball. Cheryl Gleason has organized volleyball uh, clinics all throughout the state. Those also listed on the website. So certainly check those out to become better. And, and I think Fran also mentioned some people will just continue to come back because one thing you learn about officiating is you just create relationships that you just want to be around the same people. And that's no ev- no different than the league commissioners who we've had veteran experience for years and years of the league commissioner spot. And, and But we did have a few new ones this year uh, come to the meeting. And I think as we look forward to 2018, we'll see those those people as the role continues to grow. Who knows what 2018 will bring we were really excited. We had five brand new league commissioners, one of them who's only been on the job seven days, so he really was got an eye opener um, at the meeting. But yeah, that role is going to continue to to expand, and and um, I think the meeting that they had here, uh, looking through the evaluations, I think it was a, a very good experience for them. They like getting together to talk about issues. They brainstormed about some things. The fact that they were here caused some of them to say, you know what, we need to get together again and talk about how we can best utilize the officials that we have in our area. And I think that ultimately that's what we want to have happen is, number one, our goal is to put the best officials out on the courts and the fields that we can for kids. Um, In order to get those best officials out there, we know the people assigning them have to be able to work together and not against each other. Um, and, and then it's just a matter of getting officials to buy in that, you know what, you may not be working the, you know, best game every night out, but the kids out there are playing just as hard, whether they're, a, you know, 20-0 and 0 team or an 0-20 team. And as officials, we have to be on our best game when we go out there. Well, I think that's a good point to wrap up on. And Fran, thanks for uh, uh, kind of spearheading that day yesterday. And it will always be a good day to look forward to. Yeah, it was a great day, and we were really, really happy with our participation. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the KSHSAA podcast. We'll be back with some uh, state track and field information on the next episode. So stay tuned, and, and we'll look forward to these spring championships right around the corner.